Thank you.
morning and welcome to Tabernacle of Praise. We pray that you receive a blessing while you're worshiping here with us today in the sanctuary. And to those of you that are here watching online, we just thank you for joining in with us. We're going to ask everyone to please stand as we sing Sabbath rest. Hallelujah, we set our work aside and we leave our cares behind on this day. Sabbath, everybody. Sabbath. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Amen. God is good and all the time, and He is truly worthy to be praised. You may take your seats in the presence of an awesome and mighty God. It is a blessing and honor to be in the house of worship on this morning. Are you glad to be in God's house just one more time? Are you just glad to be able to be amongst the land of the living just one more time? Has God done something great in your life? Has he done something magnificent in your life? Oh, I'm so thankful, so honored, so glad to be able to be here to represent, amen, the only wise God, the only living God, the God that is able to do all things but fail. So we are truly honored and blessed to be able to come on this platform to be able to worship and magnify the name of the Lord. We want to extend... A hearty welcome to you who are viewing us online. We want to thank you once again for just taking time out and joining in with us at our worship experience. We know that on this, in this day and age, you could be somewhere else with just a click of a button. 
but you have decided to join in with us. So we want to say welcome. We want to say thank you. And we pray God's blessing be upon your life. We also want to extend a hearty welcome to all of you who are in the, in the uh, worship space. Amen. We thank God for your smiling faces. I was able to peruse the congregation before we got started. And I didn't see not one sad face. So that lets me know. That lets me know that God is still good. Come on, somebody. Nobody was walking with the head hanging down. Nobody was crying. And I know it's been a rough week. But we're here by God's grace. And we want to say welcome to you as well. I know we're about to close out a month and about to step into another month. But we just want to wish a hearty birthday to all of you who have celebrated birthdays in the month of April. We're shutting it down today. We're shutting it down today. Tomorrow is a new day. We'll start celebrating March on the morrow. Uh, May. May. It's always something. Don't go backwards. But we celebrate uh, May on tomorrow. Amen. But we want to welcome all of you. We want to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and well wishes. Uh, May is a beautiful month. I don't know how I'm jumping or how I'm able to jump over May because there's so much packed in May. Um, we have Mother's Day. You have graduations. Um, you have all of these celebrations. Again, birthdays, anniversaries. So we just want to celebrate um, May as well. But again, we just want to say thank you for joining in with us. And we want to encourage you to continue to trust the Lord, even if you can't trace him. Know that he has your back. Know that he sees the end from the beginning. And whatever happens, never give up your faith. If you don't mind, can you just bow your heads with me as I just offer up a word of prayer? Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we thank you for the Sabbath. We thank you for this worship experience. We thank you, Father, for covering us as we now enter into our worship time together. We pray your Holy Spirit upon us in a very real in a very powerful way. Let us not leave here the same way we came, but let us leave here with a newfound love for the things of God. And we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen, amen. and amen again.
I'm already there. Amen. Running with Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord for that powerful selection. I'm running with Jesus. God is so good. And he is truly worthy of all of our praise. As we gather our hearts, as we gather our thoughts, as we prepared to approach God's throne it's a blessing to know that we could run with him and that he's running with us that he would never leave us nor would he ever forsaken us but that's the kind of God that we serve a real God a God that understands us better than we understand ourselves and so with that being said If I had 10,000 tongues, that would not be enough to give him the praise that is due unto him. Even though I've given my life to him as a living sacrifice, it seems as if I'm still falling short. But one thing about the God that we serve, he don't hold anything against us. He don't come along on the back end and remind you of the faults bring up all of your shortcomings but he lets us know every step of the way that I'm right here with you no age limit no gender no race no geographical location it doesn't matter we can all come to God in prayer So at this time, I want us to be reminded of individuals as we approach God's throne. We want to be reminded of our very own Brother Price who lost a family member this week. We want to lift them up in prayer, the Price family. We want to remember Sister Wes who is in the hospital. We want to remember her and her family and those that are caring for her. We want to remember... Sister Betty and Sister Opal. I want to remember Sister Elaine. I want to call these names out. I know that there are others that we need to lift up and need to call on. I want to remember the Harrises as they are away. But what we do know is that God is a very present help at the time of any storm that we may ever encounter. So I want you to trust him. 
keep your hand in his hand. His unchanging hands. Never give up. Never give in. It's prayer time. Let us pray. Loving Lord and our Father and our God. Again, we're so privileged, we're so honored to be able to come before you yet again. It seemed like it was just last week we were here. And Father, the days are coming and they're going rapidly. But one thing that we can rest upon is that you will never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So as we approach your throne, Father, we come with bowed heads and humble hearts asking that you will just seek, just cover us, forgive us of our sins and cleanse us even now, oh God, from all unrighteousness. And Lord, we just allow your Holy Spirit to do what it do and to create in all of us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us. That wherever we go, God, whatever we do, oh God, that your name will be glorified. It's not I, but it is Christ that we worship. We lift you up on high. You are worthy of all the praise. Father, so we come with a list of individuals who are in need of your touch. We pray for uh, the Brother Price and his family as they mourn the loss of a loved one we ask that you will cover them that you will let them see you in the midst of these difficult and trying times and while they're trying to still make sense of it all while they may not figure that out oh God let them know that you have it let them be able to see you in the midst of this oh God show yourself strong we ask oh God that you will cover sister Elaine in a very special way She's your daughter. She's your child. We ask, oh God, that you will place your hand of healing upon her even now. We ask, oh God, that you will go before the different procedures and the different appointments and all those things, oh God, that she have before her. That you will make the crooked road straight and that you will surround her with individuals, oh God, that will speak life into her. Be with Sister Kathy West, oh God who was also in a daughter of yours. And Lord, we're not just saying this because it sounds good that someone is your daughter or your son or your child. But the word of God declares that we are your children, sons and daughters of the Most High God. And so we're asking in the name of Jesus that you would touch Sister Kathy. Keep her encouraged. Lift her up, O oh God. Let her know, O oh God, that you see the end from the beginning you make no mistakes oh God you're so worthy and we honor you today be with sister Betty and sister Opal and brother Lewis cover them oh God let them know oh God that you are God that sees all I'm reminded of the song that said and he walks with me and you talk with us and you tell us that we're your own so cover and keep them oh God let them see you right now oh God in the name of Jesus be with the Harrises as they way oh God we ask you to cover and keep them as well and all of our family and friends that are online that are viewing us cover them keep them yes, yes, yes. even our family that are in the 
worship space today and friends cover them keep them Lord rain down your power today let us not leave here the same way we came but draw us closer and forever so closer let us fall in love with you all over again bring back those days of yin and nay when we can plainly see the way and we will be ever so mindful as always to give you the praise it's not I but it is Christ so do what you do, God. Throw your weight around. Shake us up. Get us right for the flight. For it is our desire to see you in that great getting up morning. So do it now, oh God. And again, we will be ever so mindful to bless you, to honor you, and to give you all praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen. And amen again. church family. Good morning. Has God been good to you? All the time. Oh yeah, I know he has been. Even if you don't recognize it, I recognize it because I can see your smiling faces. And as they say, it's better to be seen than viewed, right? (laughs) So praise God that we can see you this morning. Just here with a word of stewardship, stewardship nugget for you. Time, talent, tip on treasure. Those resources God has given to us that we can be blessed by them, and also that we can return them back to his use. And when I think about time, talent, temple, and treasure, time is the only one of them that we have all that there is, but we always need more of it. But we can't do anything about that. Our talent, God blessed everybody with a talent. We can improve talents. We can get more talents. Our body, God gave all of us a body. We can improve our body through exercise, diet, nutrition, and uh, strength training. We can do something about that. Our treasure, we can always make more money, right? I know we always need more, but we can always make more. But time, you can't do anything about it. It is what it is. We all have the same amount of it, and there's nothing we can do about it. We use our time for ourselves mostly. When we think about our use of time, a lot of, a lot of us like to watch uh, TV a lot. Some people watch TV all day. People use their time playing video games. People use their time surfing the Internet for hours. People use their time at work over 80 hours a week. People use their time with their family, friends, and loved ones. But how much time do we give back to God? Do we give God any of our time? You know, that our denomination is called Seventh-day Adventist, but it doesn't mean you're only an Adventist on the seventh day. Come on now. Should be seven-day Adventist. All seven days, devoting our lives to God, giving God the glory in everything that we do. You know, you have to make time for God. You don't just take time. You have to make it because we're busy doing all these other things that we forget that we owe God some of our time. If you think about if you live the average 70 years, how much of your time that you were alive would you have given back to God? And it doesn't take a lot. If you take time every morning to wake up in the morning, praise God, do a little worship time with him then, maybe at lunch hour at your job, you can 
break off and give God a little time with some other people studying the Bible or whatever. Or in the evening when you get home, you can knock on your neighbor's door and say hello to them. Or just be kind to people throughout your day. But remember, time, it all comes from God. He's the only one who's timeless. So while we have opportunity, while we have opportunity, God says to do good. So let us do good by giving God some of our time also. Don't forget about God. He has not forgot about you. Would our deacons please come forward and lift the morning tithe and offering? And we certainly appreciate everyone being so faithful in tithe and offering. You see these lights shining bright? You see the door is open. We got heat. We have cool. It's because of your faithfulness in tithe and in offering. And we thank you. And God has promised to bless you for your diligence. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for blessing us with the privilege of time, talent, temple, and treasure. Bless us with a desire and an aim to use that and give some back to you, dear Lord. We ask that you will bless the tithe and offering which is being returned. Use it for your worthy purpose, dear Lord, of spreading the gospel message to this world in this generation. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen and thank you.
the songwriter said he's still <laughs> working miracles. Anybody in my life, does anybody know today that Amen. God is still Thank working miracles?
any witness out there? Do we have any witnesses out there that God is still making miracles, working miracles, performing miracles, showing up in your situation, in your life? God is good. Thank you so much for this awesome choir. The musicians praise God for you, for using your gifts, your talents. God is so good and he is truly worthy to be praised. He's still working miracles. Still working miracles. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he's still working miracles. I'll just take a moment or two right now. Can I just, just worship the Lord? I just thank God for just being a way maker. Just thank God for just doing what he's doing. Can we just worship God for a moment in the place today? Can we just magnify him? Can we, can we upset hell today? Can we, can we just put the devil on notice today? I, I, I mean, I see about three of you out there, but, 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 but can we let the devil know that God is still working miracles, that he is still on the throne, that he is still doing what he do in spite of all of his antics, in spite of all of his traps, in spite of all of his disruptions, God is still working miracles in our lives. 
Amen. It is indeed a blessing and honor to be here on this beautiful Sabbath morning. I don't know about you, but it is definitely a beautiful Sabbath morning. In spite of what's going on in the world in which we live in, God is still on the throne. Beautiful Sabbath morning. I know some of us struggled this week to even get to this day. Beautiful Sabbath morning. Some of us received bad news this week. Beautiful Sabbath morning. And so I'm so honored and so blessed that I'm able to stand here before you again as always. I take nothing for granted, but in all things, I give thanks. Because I know I don't deserve to be here. I want to sound like a broken record, but if the truth be told, I like saying it. Because I know it makes the enemy mad. So I'm not saying it to get a a accolade from you. I, I mean, praise the Lord if you applaud. Praise the Lord. God is good. But I do it for two reasons and two reasons only. First and foremost, to give God glory. And the second, to remind the devil that I'm giving God glory. <laughs> he tried, but he didn't succeed. He tried, but it didn't happen. So I'm so honored and so blessed to be here today to just share this word with you. I'm not going to be long. At least I try not to, but I'll let the Lord do what the Lord do and just try to be an obedient servant. So if you have your Bibles with you, if you don't mind standing with me as we read from the book of Mark, chapter 4. Mark, chapter 4. We want to start with verse 35, and we'll read all the way down to verse 41. Mark chapter 4, we want to begin with verse 35, and we'll read all the way down to verse 41. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Let us read responsibly. I'll read the first verse, you read the second, and we'll follow in that, in that manner. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. Verse 39 says, Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace. Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Let's read verse 41 all together. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Today, I want us to just talk a little bit on the topic, let us cross over. Let us 
cross over. Let us pray. Father God, again, we thank you once again for what you are about to do. We pray, oh God, that as we enter into your word, that your word will break down any walls, release us from any shackles, set the captives free, that when we leave here, we will not leave here the same way we came. I must now decrease that the word of God may increase into your hands. I commit my spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen again. You may be seated in the presence of our awesome king. This morning I want us to look at the disciples as they follow Jesus into this storm. As we look, I want us to learn some things about Jesus, ourselves, and about the storms we face in life. Come now, let us cross to the other side. Mark declares, as we've just read so wonderfully, that as evening came, Jesus and his disciples uh, went into a boat. It says, let's cross to the other side of the lake. And so they took Jesus in the boat and they started out together, leaving the crowd behind. And although other boats followed, they, they left the crowd behind. But soon the Bible says a a fierce storm came up. It came up, high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to be filled with water. The Bible goes on to say that Jesus was in that boat as all of this was transpiring. Uh, he was in the boat fast asleep, head laying on a pillow. And the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, teacher, do you not care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, the Bible says he rebuked the winds and said to the waves, silence, peace, be still. If I can, if I can say it in my own way, shut it up, get somewhere. The disciples, the disciples were, were absolutely terrified because now the wind and the waves and everything, shut it up, calm down. The Bible says that everything was just smooth. It was like a sea of glass, like, like, like the water. It was good to just, you know, it, 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 it was so good. I can just imagine uh, 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 that they probably wanted to just jump on in and just hang out a little while. The Bible goes on to say the disciples were, they were terrified. They began to, 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 to become exceedingly afraid. Who is this man? Oh, oh, oh. Who, who is this, they asked of each other. Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey this man? Who is this man? You would think that after spending as much time with Jesus as these brethren did, that they would have an idea of who they were hanging out with. Astonished and amazed, but we have to understand that every person in this very room is called uh, 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 to, to, to experience some storms. 
Someone, someone says that, 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 that everybody here uh, 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 have a degree in storm theology. Storm theology is what you believe about God when storms come into your life. How do you fail? How do you deal with the storms? How do you deal with the situation when you find yourselves in the storm? You see, when Christ has come into our lives, is God a good God? Is God still amazing when storms show up in your life? When you pray during the storms, do you see God as a caring God? Or do you see God as the one that is the blame for your storms? You see, storm theology is what you believe about God when things seem to be going horribly wrong in your life. You, 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 you may know somebody. Keep looking at me. Keep looking at me. You may be sitting next to somebody that, 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 that when storms show up, uh, woe is me. Uh, if, if, if God was such a good God, then, then why did he let this happen? Storm theology. So, 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 so we must understand, we must listen carefully that, 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 that storms in life have the ability to bring to the surface what we are really made of. What you really stand on, what, what you really believe, because it's easy to talk a good game. I know some folk like that can talk a good game, but can they live it? Does your life reflect what you're teaching and what you're saying? And so I want us to dive into this just a little bit. I want us to get a little, a little uh, 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 context of this miracle where Jesus calms this storm. After, after sharing uh, uh, some of the Lord's parables, uh, 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 Mark now gives us four miracles that demonstrate this divine power and his more evidence that Jesus truly is the Son of God. You see, when you look at Mark, and I wrote it down right here, uh, uh, Mark chapter 4, if you go back there, we're not going there, uh, 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 but but, but if you were to take the time and go back there, uh, uh, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, uh, uh, Mark is going to show us Jesus' power over nature. But then he goes on in Mark chapter 5 to show us his power over demons. And then chapter 5, verse 21, he goes on and show us his power over diseases and then he goes on in Mark chapter 5 verse 35 and show us Jesus power over death so as we walk through Matthew as we understand the context of what's going on Jesus is simply showing us who he really is Stick with me now because I want us to understand that Jesus told the disciples, he said, let us cross over to the other side. Uh, 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 Let us do this. The number one thing I want us to get from this passage is first and foremost is that uh, 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 storms are nothing more than a test. I remember some years ago, my wife and I, uh, we were sitting in church on a Friday night and a sermon came across the desk and the, peop- and, 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 and the preacher title of the sermon, I'll never forget it, Elder, uh, um, because it was such a devastating blow uh, uh, to our, uh, our family. The, uh, the title of the message was, It's Only 
a test. And while we shouted and while we hollered and while we did our dance and while we praised and magnified the name of the Lord, little did we know that later on that evening I would get a knock on the door. It's only a test. So the first thing we have to understand, my brothers and sisters, as we experience the storms of life, is that storms are no more than a test. It is during the storms of life um, you discover what you really believe. It's easy to talk about it. It's easy to speak about it. But when the storm shows up, when the trouble shows up, um, when the trials shows up, what are you made of? Storms have a way of revealing the truth about us. Verse 35 simply says, as evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat, started out leaving the crowd behind, although there were little boats that followed. The storm that is about to happen occurred at the end of the day as evening came. This has been a busy day for Jesus. See, Jesus, Jesus, go all the way back uh, uh, to Mark chapter 4, verse 1, where the text tells us and reminds us that Jesus has been preaching all the way in Mark chapter 4 in a boat. And now we get to the evening and Jesus is still in the boat preaching all day long. Jesus has been preaching. Jesus has been teaching. And now Jesus is saying it's evening time. Let us cross over to the other side because on the other side. I need you to learn something. Because all the teaching and all of the preaching um, and all of the instructions um, that I have been giving you thus far, now is time to put it to the test. All of the teachings, all of the Sabbath service and the Sabbath sermons and all of the wonderful gospel music that you've been praising God and waving your hand and shouting back. Now it's time to cross over. Let us now cross over to the other side. Because there are some things I want us to learn as we journey to the other side. And I want to so 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 we understand that the tests, that the that the storms are no more than a test. You see, you see, crossing the Sea of Galilee, Jesus has spent much of his days sitting in this boat, teaching large crowds uh, that were gathering at the shore. Jesus had been given instructions. Uh, Jesus and his disciples are now about to sail across to the other side. The day started back in Mark chapter three uh, uh, where he had a confrontation with the Pharisees where they accused Jesus of, of the power that he had. Uh, they had accused him uh, of using Satan as his power. You get your authority. You get your power from Satan. All through Mark chapter three, Jesus is battling with these individuals trying to teach the word of God, trying to share the love of God, trying to get folk ready for the coming of God. God, and now Jesus is being accused of the power that he had to do these miracles was by way of Satan himself. And so then Jesus, Jesus, even his own brothers, they come to see him and they try to take him away because they thought he had lost 
his mind. Jesus was up against a lot of stuff. Jesus spent the rest of his day teaching. He taught the crowds in parables and privately explained to them, uh, uh, exp- privately explained them to his disciples. Uh, he taught about the parables of the farmer scattering the seed. He did all of these parables uh, uh, of the lamps, the, the parable of the growing seed, the parable of the mustard seed, all of these parables. And he's teaching and he's preaching and he's doing all of these things. And the Bible says evening has come. You can imagine preaching from sun up to sundown. Jesus is now needing to get to the other side, but he's never, he's never forgotten about his disciples. He's never forgotten about the ones that he personally called to come follow me. He's personally letting them know that there is some things, while the teaching sound good, while the music sounds good, while the experience sounds good, while being able to be at home and click from one service to the next service, while it's all good, I need you to understand, Jesus Jesus is now getting them ready for something else. Something is about to happen. Something is about to go down. And all of this good living, all of this good preaching, and all of this good teaching, let's see how good it really is. So Jesus is now saying, let's go to the other side. Let's go to the other side. Let's cross over to the other side. I know, I know that, 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 that literally Jesus is talking about getting into a boat and going to the other side of the lake. But I want us to understand that Jesus is not just speaking a, a, a one dimension, but Jesus is speaking not just to the disciples of that time. Jesus is not just speaking um, to the people of that time. But you have to understand um, that when Jesus said, let's go over to the the other side. Um, I will suggest to you today um, that Jesus was speaking um, with, a, with, with a mind um, that was fixed on you and fixed on me. Um, that there will be a moment in time um, where we will have to find ourselves um, in a situation um, where we too will have to make our minds up and be ready to cross with Jesus um, to the other side. Uh, and I just I ask you today, um, do we have just one or two individuals um, that don't mind crossing uh, with Jesus over to the other side? Jesus is talking about getting to the other side. I know sometimes when we use this language of the other side, most of us like to go straight to death on on the other side. But if I can just help you real quick and remind you that, 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 that there is no knowledge in the grave, that, 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 that there is no thought in the grave. The Bible tells us and reminds us that when you are dead, you are merely asleep. So much theology, so much out there, but we need to understand and realize that mama is not looking at us. Daddy is not viewing us. I say it all the time and I just have to share it again because there are some things that I've done in my life, elder, that I didn't want mama to see, that I don't want her to see in her grave. There are some things that I've done in my life, some places that I've gone in my life that when my daddy was alive, I didn't want him to know about it. Surely I don't want him in heaven looking down on me in my mess. Uh, Surely I don't want my grandmama up in heaven somewhere looking down on me uh, in my mess. So Jesus wasn't talking about going to the other side. He said, let's get in this boat. 
let's go to the other side of this lake because there are some things that's going to happen that I need you to take knowledge of. See, the other side, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, Jesus said that, 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 that on this side of the lake, on this side, things are going well. Uh, 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 but on the other side, things are about to get a little rough. You see, on this side, they're at the mountain. They're being fed good. But on the other side, some things is about to go down. You see, on this side, uh, uh, we have good health uh, and, 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 um, and, um, and, um, and, you know, illnesses. But, but on the other side, uh, uh, there, there, there are some things that God wants us to get. You see, your faith is going to be tested on the other side. You see, on this side, uh, it's peasy. It's easy peasy. On this side, uh, everything is good. But on the other side, Jesus is saying, you will be tested. You will be going through something. You see, on the other side of the honeymoon is a broken relationship. You see, on the other side of good health is, de- uh, is um, illnesses. On the other side, uh, 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 there are some things. So how will you respond? How will your faith hold up? Your faith is going to be tested on the other side. And as the disciples got in the boat, as we move to the next part, uh, we understand that storms are nothing more than a test. Uh, Storms are also, storms can happen suddenly. (laughs) Uh, 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 This is number two. You see, storms can happen suddenly. Uh, verse 37 reminds us of that, says that, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, uh, and it began to fill with water. The storm just showed up. It didn't ring the doorbell. It didn't announce itself. It didn't send an email or a text message. It just showed up. A great storm. And we understand and know if I can give you a little context of the storms, it is known for its sudden and severe storms uh, in the Galilee. We understand that the geography of the area makes a ripe for quick and violent storms. uh, And this exactly what happened. This right here uh, uh, as Jesus and his disciples were crossing over to the other side of the severity of the storm is evident not only by what Mark says, uh, but in the light of the reaction of these experienced fishermen, these individuals who make their living on the lake, these fishermen were fearful for their lives. So this wasn't just some normal storm. The Sea of Galilee is somewhat a small body of water. It's about 13 miles wide and seven miles across. It is some 150 feet deep. And what makes it unusual and sometimes dangerous is that it is about 700 feet below sea level and it's surrounded by mountains. What you have is a warm air over the lake and cold air that comes over the top of the mountains and down into the lakes and when that cold air and that warm air began to mix then you get what we call these these storms and these storms can develop in minutes no warning one minute is pleasant 
One minute is beautiful, and the next minute the phone rings. The next minute the ring of the doorbell. One minute everything is high, everything is happy. One minute you're preparing for the next event. Next thing you know, tragedy strikes. One minute you're excited because family is coming over, and the next minute you get the news that some tragedy just happened. One minute everything is going well. One minute everything is going pleasant. And the next minute a storm shows up uh, no warning at all so mark describes this event as a fierce storm uh, so much so uh, that the waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water uh, there were hurricanes like winds uh, what matthew describes this event he says it is a violent storm the word violent uh, in the greek simply says a uh, 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 simos, which we get our word earthquake from. And so Matthew was simply saying it was like the sea was shaking. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was in the United States Navy, uh, uh, I, I found myself in a storm where the boat was rocking from left to right. Water was coming over the boat. I, 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 was, I, I, I began to stop and reflect over the life that God has blessed me with. And although my brothers and sisters, I wasn't living the way that I should have. I knew that God had a calling on my life. I knew that there was something that God had in store. And as the waves began to break over the bow of the ship, and I looked at some of my comrades, and as they white, they, 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 they face became white as a ghost. Many of them thought that it was over. I can just imagine as the disciples, these these trained fishermen as they looked out in the boat and they saw all of the winds and the waves and realized just that quick um, that it was too much water to drink. Um, I can just imagine them um, as they saw all of this uh, they became fearful for their lives. Uh, but I suggest to you uh, that as Jesus was on that boat there was no need to fear. I knew on that ship uh, 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 that, 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 that that boat wasn't going down because I knew that God had a plan. And so this fears and violent storm happened suddenly. That's the way it is in life. It happens suddenly. One moment you're doing fine. The next, the bottom falls out. One phone call. There you have it. Uh, all of these storms, the doctor visit, and now you're in a storm. The conversation uh, with a friend, uh, and now you're in a storm. Uh, I received a text message last night. I looked at it, and I hung it up because I wasn't ready for that storm. Come on, somebody. God is up front and honest about the storms of life. We understand that even Job 14.1, Job was praying to God and he began to say, he mentioned how life is full of trouble. Jesus says in John chapter 16 verse 33 uh, that here on earth you will have many trials and storms. Storms of life are the reality of life. And storms happen suddenly. And these storms will rest and reveal your faith and your spiritual maturity. So don't hate on the storms. 
Don't hate on them. I know, I know, I know, that, I know that's hard right there. You say, I don't, I, I don't love storms, pastor, uh, uh, preach, preacher. I don't, I, I don't like storms. Uh, I, I, I get it. I understand. Uh, but we understand the reality of the storms is to reveal to you uh, what you're made of. Not only that, not only that, but storms can cause you to doubt God. I don't know about you. <laughs> but as I look at the text, uh, uh, number three, the storms can cause you to doubt God. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat, laid head on, head laying on a pillow, and the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, do you not care? How is it that you're able to lay sleep on this boat when all of this stuff is breaking up around us? It's evening. It's getting dark. I don't know what's out there, Jesus. Jesus is asleep. Storms can cause you to doubt God. Yes, sir. There is a fierce and violent storm occurring. The sea is being shaken. The hurricane-like winds are blowing the boat in all directions. The waves are crashing over the boat. The boat is filled up with water. And the disciples who are experienced fishermen and know the sea are yelling, do this and do that. They are in a panic. They're literally thinking they're going to die. Some of us have experienced storms like that. Some of us have found ourselves in storms where we didn't know if we were going to make it out of. We figured this is it. Uh, What's the point in going any further? This is it. There is no need for me to even try anymore. I remember my wife and I early on in our marriage. I remember we were having some financial difficulties. Hey, man, y'all don't know nothing about that. You rich folk up in here. And and, and I remember talking to my wife, and I told her, she. uh, I said, what's the point? It ain't going to get no better. She looked at me, and she began to wonder, did she marry the right one. <laughs> Why try anymore? Why even pray anymore? Why call on him anymore? It seems like the more I try, the worse things get. The, the more I try to pull myself out, it seems like somebody is always there pushing me back down. What's the point in even trying? The storms are too powerful. The storms are too strong. But what we have to realize is that Jesus would never send you somewhere that he hadn't already gone. Jesus would never send you to the other side if he he hadn't already paved the way for your escape. And too often we forget about Jesus when the storm shows up. Too often we leave Jesus out of the equation and he's there all along. He may be asleep, but he's there. He may be laying on a pillow, but he's there. He may be quiet, but he's there. You may not seem, but he's there. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsaken you. So I understand that the storms, they're real. And they can cause you to question and even doubt God at times as these trained fishermen began to question what is going on. Why did you send us out here, Jesus? Why did you send me back to St. Louis? Why did you send me to this church? Why did you send me to that job? Don't you know these folk don't like me, Jesus? Jesus will send you in a storm 
Because there are some things he wants you to understand. There are some things he wants you to get. There are some things he wants you to walk away with. You have to understand that storms are not just a, pass, a, a, a way to pass the time. But Jesus is trying to do something. Jesus is trying to help you along the way. And so the disciples, they, they, they had to nerve, uh, uh, my Bible says, uh, in verse 38 uh, of, 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 of Mark chapter 4, said the disciples, uh, they, they, they had the nerve, Sister Bev, they had the nerve to rebuke Jesus. How are you going to be laying there, Jesus? So the response of the disciples revealed both their fear and their lack of trust in Jesus. They, 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 are, they are frustrated. They, 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 they are angered by his appearing disregarded for this, for, for this situation. And they tell him, so do you not care? How are you going to just lay there? You know, they, 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 they still hadn't realized Doc, how, who they were talking to, uh, Jesus. How, how are you going to just send me over here? As if they had to say the audacity, the nerve of you to send me back over there, Jesus. And so, 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 so we are told that the disciples woke him up shouting at him. Don't you care? You know, my finances is what it is, Jesus. How are you going to allow this to happen? How are you going to allow this trial or this storm to show up knowing my health, knowing I can move already, knowing I can make it already, and you still sending stuff my way? Where is the love, Jesus? Anybody know what I'm talking about out there? Y'all quiet on me. Y'all quiet on me. I'm, I'm, I know I'm not the only one losing my mind in here. Come on, somebody. Help me along the way. <laughs> Uh, I must be preaching to the saved side of the church. Come on, help me, Lord. <laughs> I, must be, I must be preaching to the ones already heaven bound. Come on, somebody. <laughs> These folk rebuke Jesus. How are you going to send us out here, Jesus? You see all things. You knew this storm was going to show up. See, one thing about me, that's, that's encouraging for me right there. See, I'm a little different. I have to, you know, I've grown. I hadn't all, let me, let me bag up because I want you to know I hadn't always been this way. There were moments where I looked at Jesus and I had those same questions. How are you going to be asleep on a pillow with all of this stuff jumping? But see, now God then got me to the other side. I've gone through those storms. I'm able to understand that Jesus, you were always there. Why am I losing my mind and you were right there? Why, why am I allowing what I see dictate who you really are? Jesus, you're still God. You're still able. So what? I'm in a storm. So what? The waves are crashing the boat. I'm getting ahead of myself. Because I need us to understand that the power of Jesus is the power of God. So Jesus then, he didn't, he, he, he stopped as the disciples rebuke him. Jesus, as calm and cool and collective as the brother is, he rose up off the pillow. Now, you know, some, some of us, when we are waking out of our sleep, our attitudes ain't right. Come on, somebody, help me along the way. Amen. Help me along the way. You wake you up out of that good sleep, phone ring. Who is this? Uh-huh. 
Jesus, Jesus been preaching all day, been been teaching all day, been spending time with folk trying to get them ready for the for the for 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 his return. Now he's awakened out of his sleep. Keep in mind that the Bible says that the storm came immediately. So it wasn't like Jesus had been asleep for a very long time. He was probably at that age, at, at that stage of sleep, you know, where it start to get good. Anybody know what that's like? You've been working all day long and you get home to a peaceful, calm atmosphere and soon you lay down and kick your feet up. You pull the covers up under your chin and you finally get that spot and then you finally start to drift and the babies come in the room. Oh, somebody don't understand now. They don't have babies. Okay. So, so, so your phone ring. I'm going to try to get you there. I'm going to try to get you there. Jesus wakes up, and I love what he did. He calmly, cool as he is, he steps up to the plate, and he says, peace. Be still. Rebukes the wind and the waves, and calm came about as the sun broke through the sky and the cloud rolled back as if it had never rained in three weeks. This great calm before addressing the disciples directly, Jesus shows his power and his true identity. Uh, with his words, he does something that only God can do. Uh, he commanded the winds and the waves, uh, and they obeyed. Uh, uh, they obeyed him when Jesus speaks. He uses words and commands that his previously used in silencing the demons. So this right here, Jesus said, I'm just going to speak the word and the word is going to take care of itself. Be still. Let there be light. Bring forth Lazarus out of the tomb. Let's be clear that their concern about drowning uh, was completely normal and reasonable. Uh, uh, there were professional fishermen right there. These men were. Uh, they knew uh, how to handle a boat during a storm. Uh, but this storm was fierce. It was violent. And they believed that they were going to drown. They were going to die because of this storm. So they were afraid. So what the disciples didn't know is that this storm is going to be used by Jesus to teach them some incredible things about himself. In other words, uh, uh, this storm had become uh, the real classroom uh, for their spiritual education. You see, they thought they were being taught at the foot of the mountain. Uh, no, this is the upper class level right here. This is the class right here for those uh, that are serious about their walk uh, this class right here is for those uh, that are determined to make it to the end. Uh, this class right here is not just for any and everybody. Jesus said, I'm going to take you on another journey. Uh, and this one thing uh, to learn something about God uh, and yourself uh, sitting in a church service. Uh, it's another thing uh, to learn something about God uh, and yourself uh, as you lose uh, a loved one. It's one thing uh, to learn about God. Uh, 
sitting in the comfort of a heated building uh, with AC pumping up. Uh, it's one thing to learn uh, and look at God uh, in that context. Uh, but oh, when the rubber meets the road. Uh, oh, when everything begins to crumble. Uh, oh, when everything begins to fall off. Uh, oh, when everything begins to look bleak. Uh, then the true story will be shown. So some lessons can only be learned in the middle of a storm. The only way you're going to get it is to go through a storm. I get it. None of us want that. But there are things that will be revealed in a storm. Let me move on here. My time is running. Uh, 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 number four, number four, uh, uh, storms can teach us about God. Now, it, it, it will not just teach us, uh, uh, not, not it will only cause us to, to, to doubt God, but it will teach us about God. You see, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the winds and said to the waves, uh, be still, silence, be still, peace, be still. And suddenly the winds happened. You see, uh, uh, the way Jesus rebuked the wind may be an indication of who was behind the storms. You see, this rebuke by Jesus is the same rebuke. He gave a demon back in Mark chapter 1. It could be that this storm was an attack by the kingdom of the darkness to kill Jesus and his disciples. You have to understand that there was a reason that Jesus sent them out there. That there was a reason that Jesus had them go in that boat. That Because Jesus is trying to show them trying to teach them that there are times when the enemy will come for your life. Um, that the storms is not just a normal storm. Uh, it's not just an average storm. Uh, but there are differences in the storms uh, that we encounter. You have to understand that some storms uh, we bring on ourselves. Uh, some storms uh, we open the door for. Uh, some storms uh, the Holy Spirit is nudging you and telling you don't do it. Uh, but you're disobeying the Holy Spirit uh, and you move forward anyhow. Uh, and the storms shows up uh, and now we mad at God. Uh, now we looking at the church um, and it's not God. Uh, it's not church um, but it's you. Um, you did that thing uh, but oh how quick um, we're willing to take accountability for the stuff that we do um, but in this case um, Jesus is saying uh, that it's not you that you have done anything wrong. Uh, you didn't do anything wrong. Uh, you did everything that you were supposed to do. Uh, you got in the boat uh, preparing to cross over to the other side but there is a lesson I need you to learn my sister and that is that in the time of storms there are times when it's the enemy that is trying to just shut you down it's the enemy trying to break you off something it's the enemy that is trying to destroy you it's the enemy that has showed up that is trying to make you believe that God isn't a good God that God isn't able to bring you through but if I can just help you here today to let you know uh, that every storm that you encounter, that God has already thought it out and he's thought it through, uh, that God will never let a storm show up uh, in your life that he hadn't already given you uh, a way of an escape. Uh, the problem is, family of God, uh, we factor God out the picture uh, and we quit looking at God uh, and we start looking at our situation uh, and every time we factor God out uh, and look at our situation, uh, we find ourselves up getting deeper and deeper into that situation but as soon as we recognize as soon as we realize that it is God that's in control over the storms of life that 
that God has the ability to shut it down. That God is able to raise up Lazarus. Surely he can deal with a storm. If he have power over life, surely he have power over death. And surely he has power over nature. So God knew that this wasn't an average storm. He knew that this wasn't an average storm. So this right here took Jesus uh, uh, now after Jesus dealt with the storm, after he realized, uh, after, after he rebuked the storm, now he turns to his disciples and now Jesus rebukes the disciples. You see, you understand that storms can teach us about ourselves. Jesus had to rebuke the disciples. How is it that you have no faith? How is it? Why did you, why are you afraid? You know me. I've watched you. You've watched, we talk together. We've, we prayed together. We've, 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 we've eaten together. You know who I am. How is it that now when the storm shows up, you forget everything that you've learned? Jesus rebukes the disciples. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith out of all that you've witnessed? Out of all of the testimonies that you've heard on Wednesday night prayer meeting, out of all of the witnesses and testimonies and stories, just looking back over your life and you can see time after time after time where I showed up and brought you through. Uh, how is it that you have no faith right now? So he rebukes them. And after rebuking the storm, Jesus rebukes them. He rebukes his disciples. Their response revealed that their fear of the situation was greater than their faith in God. And this concern about drowning was normal and reasonable. The Lord rebuked the question about their fear. Versus their faith is not about their concern about drowning. He wasn't worrying about you drowning. He rebuked them because of their faith. Teacher, do you not care? So the storms will stretch our faith. Lastly, and I'm out of here. Storms will stretch our faith. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other, even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this man? You see, up until this point, the disciples knew Jesus was special and unique uh, and that God was working through him. But they also understood that this event started to, 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 uh, to, to, to uh, signify this here paradigm shift. Now they are starting to see Jesus not just as the one who is able uh, uh, to raise Lazarus. Now they see 
this here, this is Jesus who has the ability to speak to nature, to speak to the winds and the waves. So now this paradigm shift. Now are they no longer afraid or fearful of the waters and the winds and the waves. Now the Bible says uh, in verse 41 uh, that and they feared exceedingly. Oh, that's my that, that you know they they began to realize that they were had their fear in the wrong place. Uh, you are afraid of things. Uh, you are afraid of bills. Uh, you are afraid of water. You are afraid of air. You are afraid of losing job. You are afraid of COVID. But you need to understand um, uh, the God that has the ability to get rid of COVID. The God that is able to give you the job uh, that has the cattle uh, on a thousand hills. Uh, we are fearful of things uh, that don't matter. Jesus said you need to have a paradigm shift uh, and get your perspectives in order. You are fearing the wrong thing. Um, you need to be fearful of me. And this fear is not a fear that they had of the winds and the wave. See, they were afraid of losing their life. Jesus said, you need a fear of respect now. So when you come out of the storms, let me close. You, be the, you won't be the same person that walked in. That's what the storm is all about. You will see Jesus differently. And you will see yourself differently. There are some things you can only learn in the storm. So I suggest to you, family of God, learn them. Not all storms come to disrupt your life. Some come to clear a path. Some storms help you to see some things more clearly. Some storms show up to help you to be a better you. It's not all about your life. It's about you being a better you. Or should I say your life on here? So as you cross over, know that you are not crossing alone. As you cross over. Know that you will have to leave some folk behind as you cross over. Know that you are subject to storms as you cross over. Know that you will feel forsaken as you cross over. Pay close attention to the teacher as you cross over. Know that being fearful is not an option and being faithful is your only option. Father God, we thank you today. We thank you for teaching us the storms of life come to reveal you. They come to show us that you are able to bring us through. They come to help us. They come to teach us. So even as I preach this message and no one likes storms, Father, help us to keep things in perspective. As I've said before, either we are in a storm, we're coming out of a storm, or we may be going into a storm. But whichever one we find ourselves in, 
you are already there. So Lord, as we take up our cross and as we follow you, help us, teach us, and we'll be ever so mindful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. There may be somebody here. You're in a storm. And you need Jesus to help you through. I want to make this opportunity for you to, to come. Let us pray with you and pray for you. There may be somebody that is looking for a church home and you're ready to make your calling and election sure. I want to extend that opportunity to you this morning. Come to Jesus. Come to him just as you are. For there are no big eyes, no little use. For at the foot of the cross, it is level. It's level. Know that he has your best interests at heart. Is that one? Is that one? Father God, again, we thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's put our hands together and worship God. you go.